Welcome to today's Word of Mom Radio here on the Word of Mom Media Network. And I am very excited. We're in our 10th year. It's our anniversary month. So we are kicking off with great, great shows and breaking those myths that mompreneurs and businesswomen, especially those of us building our businesses from home, that we're just dabbling in between bake sales and getting our nails done, we're not. We are smart, we are savvy, and we are sharing the wisdom of women in business and in life, and I am thrilled to be bringing today's guest in. As the founder and CEO of Factory 45, Shannon Lore works with idea stage entrepreneurs to launch fashion brands that are sustainably and ethically made. Shannon got her start in 2010 when she co-founded Revolution Apparel, a sustainable clothing company for female travelers and minimalists that was featured in the New York Times, Forbes.com, and Yahoo News. Through her online business school, Factory 45, Shannon has worked with over 500 entrepreneurs in the sustainable fashion space, many of whom have gone on to launch some of the most transparent supply chains in the fashion industry. Shannon has worked as a consultant for crowdfunding projects that have surpassed their goal amounts by as much as 300% and has worked closely with startup apparel companies from all over the world to create ethically made products with a focus on environmentally friendly materials. Shannon is a strong advocate for increasing supply chain transparency through sourcing, localization, and storytelling. She's been named a thought leader for the future of fashion and was nominated as a woman of note by the Wall Street Journal. And as I said, I am so excited to have her here because you know me, I'm all about sustainability and ethically made product. So it is so much fun to watch it as it's happening in the fashion industries. So, Shannon, welcome to Word of Mom Radio. Thank you so much for having me and for that introduction, and happy anniversary. Thank you. It's very exciting to be in our 10th year of sharing the wisdom of women in business and in life. You know, it's it's just an honor because I get to meet such remarkable women that are out there making such a difference. So I want to jump in and ask you, why does sustainable fashion matter? And why is it fast fashion that's kind of taking over the industry now? Well, that's exactly right. Fast fashion has taken over. Man, I mean, it's a loaded question, right? Like, we all have our ways that we can positively impact the planet, the environmental toll that we as humans take on the planet. Um, And, you know, you have to pick your battles. I think personally that fashion is an easy one. It's an easy way to incorporate sustainability into your own life, into your personal decisions, your shopping decisions. 
and um, it can have a very significant impact on reducing the pollution and the environmental impact and even like the human rights impact that fashion has on the planet because it is one of the most polluting industries in like that exists. It, um, it's in the top five most polluting industries. Why is that? Most people don't understand how something is made. They go to the store and there it is. You know, they're not thinking yep. back on environmentally the impact that it's making. Yeah, unfortunately, it's the amount of waste. That's a really, really big contributing factor. Um, now the majority of our clothing is made from polyester and synthetics that take over 200 years to decompose in a landfill. And so when we talk about fast fashion and the need to keep up with trends and to go into Forever 21 or H&M and buy a dress for $10, wear it once, and then it ends up, you know, even if you think you're donating it to Goodwill for someone else to have, that's not usually what happens. It usually ends up in a landfill and in the trash. And that really creates this mountain of clothing that is just stacking up, stacking up. And again, will take 200 years to decompose. Um, and then you also have the impact of dye runoff. So we see a lot of the clothing that uh, uses conventional dyes, especially in countries like China or Bangladesh, Vietnam, where clothing manufacturing is a significant industry. Um, dyes run off into waterways and public drinking systems, and that goes into the food that is grown. And it's just this long, long cycle of, um, yeah, environmental impact that we don't even think of. You can also talk about water waste and how much water it takes to grow cotton. Um, so there's, there's a lot of different things to look at. When you talk about sustainability and ethically made, how does that happen? Is it using plant-based dyes and things like that? Is that part of it? That can definitely be part of it. Um, one thing that I always say is there's no such thing as perfectly sustainable whenever you're making something new. So unless it's something like a secondhand garment that you are, uh, you know, buying, then anytime you make something new, it has an impact. And so with what I do and helping entrepreneurs start sustainable fashion brands is really to start to think about how can we reduce our impact and implement sustainability along the way in a way that doesn't sacrifice the fit, the functionality, the durability of the product, because you can create the most sustainable garment in the world. And if nobody wears it or uses it, then it's not a sustainable piece of clothing. So it's, it's a very nuanced conversation, but really you have to look at where can I do the best that I can with the, let's say, as you said, natural dyeing techniques or using natural fibers or using um, cloth or like vintage upcycled cloth that would have been wasted and gone to a landfill and you're using that to create a new product. So there are many different angles to look at, but again, it's making sure that it makes the most sense for the product you're creating so that people will want to wear it, buy it, and use it. So you've worked with over 500 entrepreneurs in this industry. What's the first step in starting a fashion brand? 
I think really what I try to emphasize to my entrepreneurs before they do anything is identifying their market niche. So really looking at, you know, the fashion landscape is crowded, it's competitive. Who is the ideal target customer that you're looking to serve and what problem can you solve for them? Because if you can identify a problem and then create a solution around the problem, that's the best kind of business you can create. We don't need another 100% cotton t-shirt company, right? But we do need products that solve specific problems for a specific target niche. And so the projects that I get most excited about are those, the ones that identify a solution that is, you know, impactful for maybe not everyone, but for a small group of people. Can you give me an example? Okay, let's say um, one recently we had was a brand that creates accessories for kids, like beanies and headbands for kids who have cochlear implants because they're hearing impaired. So something like that, where it's like, this is a specific problem. I mean, size inclusivity, that's another one. I love the brands that come in and they say, we're going to expand the typical women's wear sizing, even like swimwear that takes, um, you know, uh, fishing nets that would that are recycled into nylon that instead of using synthetic like conventional nylon making use of discarded fishing nets things like that I you know I love things like that we actually featured a company that takes the remnants that are discarded and makes their product from that and even their remnants that's what they use to make scrunchies and hair ties so every bit of the material is used. You know, okay. I think that that is so important. It's the same thing. You know, I hear people, the argument that I hear is that, okay, these things are great, but they're really expensive. Mm-hmm. It's much more expensive than going, like you said, Forever 21, where you can grab something for $10. Why is that price important to pay? Well, you ha- yeah, you, you can think about, you know, the old cliche, you vote with your dollars, right? And so what, you know, you're voting for the kind of world you want to live in. And also just from a financial standpoint, I understand that not everyone can buy a, you know, $200 sustainably made sweater. But when you think about the amount of fast fashion we buy and we don't think about it because each purchase is like this hit of dopamine. It's like that $10, like I got something new and I'm walking out of the store with it. That adds up. That adds up probably more than $200. And so if you look at the breakdown of costs, like in the end, if you can start to buy less, but better, you know, trendless, seasonless, um, garments that are durably and well-made that you're going to have in your closet for years to come, then cost per unit is so much lower than it would be if you just keep it on the fast fashion cycle. That was one of the things that I was seeing in these companies. They have a smaller run. They're not producing a, a tremendous amount of product. They have a smaller run, but it is clothing that, isn't going to go out of style because it's not made on trend. Yep. It's made on fashion. It's made on cut. It's made online. You know, I am an old time. I love secondhand stores, 
95% of what I have in my closet was worn by somebody else. And my favorite, I found a Harry Winston red velvet dress. This was back in 1985 or whatever at the Salvation Army. I was going to a Christmas party. 40s cut. I mean, this thing was just the height of fashion in its day. And it stopped people in their tracks. I paid like $8 for it. But it was a Harry Winston. I mean, I love, because again, I don't want to see it go into a landfill. Mm -hmm. And some person's junk is another person's treasure. You know, so 100%. I remember finding my first Betsy Johnson dress in a Goodwill for $6 and being like, jackpot you know I got a Laura Ashley one I got a Laura Ashley one of the I love that old-fashioned mm-hmm. and it was a Laura Ashley nightgown that again found it yeah. in a secondhand store for I can't you know a handful of dollars and then you go and you look and I have a friend who goes to England all the time and that's one of the things she does is she buys her Laura Ashley I mean and this is way back when when Laura mm-hmm. Ashley was you know, the height of stuff, but bought it there because buying it here in the States, it was five times the price, but it's the quality. And that's the difference. Mm -hmm. You know, you get what you pay for. You really do. And when you buy something, you're investing in a small business. You're investing in their success and something in your closet that you're not going to outwear. You'll wind up passing it down because it was such a great product and everything else. So got to ask, what's the number one mistake that new fashion entrepreneurs make? Oh, well, (laughs) where do I start? No, I think that really it, I mean, we could go off on a sustainability tangent for sure, but I'll take it back to more of like a marketing perspective. Um, It's not building an audience before you launch. So I think that's so important for any business. It doesn't matter really if you're in fashion or physical products or online services, online products, building an audience around a platform, a message, a a bigger mission is the best thing you can do before you're ever going to ask someone to buy what you're creating. Um, If you can get people to be a part of your journey, to buy into the bigger overarching cause of what you're trying to do as a small business, as an entrepreneur, and specifically for me as a fashion brand, then that will have the biggest impact on the success of your launch. You know, it's funny. It makes me think of lip positive threads. We had them on our show and Jen, their founder, has, you know, and again, organic materials and everything else, but it's all about positive messaging Mm -hmm. for women. And she has gone on making these little series of videos, 30 to 45 second videos with her shirt on a stand and she's talking behind it and stuff, having a blast. But I was applauding her. I was like, this is brilliant because you are getting people involved not only in what you've created, but the joy of the message that Lip Positive Threads is passing on for women. Yes, you know? and I think that's so smart. Um, there are so many different ways that you can do that. You know, if video isn't your thing and you're afraid of getting in front of video, you can do podcasting, you can do content marketing through guest posts. And 
and, and interviews and you can do, you know, the whole social media, like there's just so much now for new businesses that is essentially free that, you know, businesses didn't have even like 15 years ago. So taking advantage of all those ways to get people involved to, to build a community like your tribe around you because then by the time you are you know you're going through sample making and pattern making and product development and all of those things in your supply chain fabric sourcing and by the time you have that piece done you've built this audience that is really like invested in your journey and waiting to, to buy from you on that note we're going to take a quick break think about what shannon just said and we'll be back in just a moment after we say thanks to our sponsors here on Word of Mom Radio. She is brave. She is strong. She is you. Because you're that woman who's got a product or a service that you're looking to promote. Or you're out there seeking to support other women in business to help women learn, network, and build the businesses of their dreams. Because when you win, we win. We all know a survivor. Some of our friends and family have made it through difficult times. Some of us don't make it. Losing a loved one to cancer, a car accident, or any other unfortunate event can be crippling and unavoidable. But one of the hardest subjects to talk about is suicide. Too often, our youth decide that leaving this place is easier than facing the struggle forced upon them every day. More than one in four children go through some form of bullying or another. Most of us survive with scars, but for some, the inner demons created cannot be recognized or treated in time to ensure they make it through. Bullying in every form is very much avoidable. It starts with me and it starts with you. This is Kelly Carius from No Such Thing as a Bully reminding you to do your part when you see bullying happen. If you don't know what that is, call 403-447-4404 or go to nosuchthingasabully.com. Don't let the name fool you because stadiumbags.com has a line of clear bags that enable you to use your phone and your smart devices without removing them from your bag. Not only that, but the product is so good it'll stand up to the cleaning solvents that you need to use now to make sure that when you come home, you come home safely. So take a look at stadiumbags.com. You'll see why we're your clear choice because safety it's in the bag. And we are back on Word of Mom Radio with the CEO and founder of Factory 45, Shannon Lore. I find it so interesting, your journey in what you do and how you work with companies to help them as startups. How do you raise money without investors? I mean, I know you crowdfunding and getting more than 300% of what their goals were. How do you make that happen? Yeah, so pre-selling, I think now it's it's the strategy I used to launch my own brand back in 2010. Um, it's the strategy that I think is the smartest way to go about launching a new brand, especially, again, if you don't have venture capital behind you or you don't have investors behind you, which most startup fashion brands don't. Um, and so the reason that I love pre-selling and crowdfunding so much is because you're able to test the market before you create any inventory. And that, when you know, when you talk about sustainability, not having a bunch of product inventory sitting in your basement, your warehouse that you can't sell because you didn't test the market and now you can't sell it and it's just going to sit there. 
that is the most sustainable way you can go about launching. And from a financial standpoint, you then have money in the bank. You have customers that have already opened their wallet and said, yes, I want what you're creating and I'm willing to put my money out for your product, whatever you're creating. Um, so yeah, there are just many reasons that I think that is the safest, the smartest and the savviest way for new brands to launch. So from idea to product, what's that little checklist of stages you're going to go through? Yeah, well, so Factory 45 is my online business school that takes sustainable fashion brands from idea to launch. And really the, the, the launch plan we go through is sourcing, branding and audience building, product development, e-commerce marketing, and then raising money. So it's like those five pillars that we really, I mean, there's so many things that go into each of those five things, but those are the main overarching modules, so to speak, of what will take you from idea stage to launching. It's so interesting to me. I don't have a clothing line, a clear bag line, but e-commerce. Mm-hmm. For so many people, they hear e-commerce and it's just, they want to go screaming out of the room. And they don't realize, you know, it can be a challenge, but there are so many places out there that have made it a lot easier to create those e-commerce marketing platforms. Are there any that you specifically recommend? Shopify is the one that I recommend. Um, I just think they have the most, you know, bells and whistles and apps and plugins and support. Um, They're probably the most well-known. But I think it's really about, you know, whatever platform you decide, you know, if, if the pandemic showed us anything when it comes to like creating a physical product that you sell, it's that you need to have an online platform. You can no longer really rely on just being in stores or wholesale or whatever it is. So whatever it is, create that direct to consumer transaction so that not only you have that, you know, there for revenue, but also you have that conversation with your customer that you're able to talk to them, to get feedback, to ask questions and to build a relationship because that's really what over time creates a a long-term business is that custom, that repeat customer and customer relationship building. You know, it's so funny. I was actually just talking to somebody yesterday about the importance of customer service. Yes. Way back, uh, you know, our bags, we have a line of clear bags and backpacks, and we have a three-year warranty. It's a $30 bag. So, you know, we stand by our bags. And I had somebody called, this guy called me up screaming that the strap ripped and blah, blah, blah. I was like, please, (laughs) here's my address. Please send this directly to me. His daughter has stylized the strap. You know, they take the scissor and freight it all the way. So I called him back. I had already shipped him one. I said, I just want you to know, this is not a manufacturer's defect. This is your daughter stylizing her bag. So in the interest of customer service, I've sent you another bag. However, if she decides to go Art Deco on her product again, it's on you. You know, but that is what customer service is about because you have two choices. When it comes to customer service, you serve your customer and go above and beyond, and then they're going to tell everybody how you went above and beyond, or you dig in your heels and you don't provide customer service, 
And you know what? Everybody wants to complain oh about my gosh. not getting the customer service. Yes. And now it, there, it is transparent. So I couldn't agree more. Like you do not, it is not worth that negative Facebook review or that negative Instagram comment or whatever it is. It's, I completely agree. It's so much better to just make it right for the customer um, rather than, yeah, like you said, dig in your heels. Oh my gosh. I'm serious. I had somebody on Facebook screaming that she hadn't gotten her product, da, 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 you know, and I tracked it. It had been sitting at the front desk. There's a doorman at her building. It was sitting at the front desk for about two weeks. Yeah, of and <laughs> she went back out online and was, and just really ate crow. I'm so sorry. This was here. It was delivered in two days. I can't believe it. So fortunately, you Good. know, and I'm not somebody, I'm not going to take down a negative comment. I'm yep. going to reply. I'm going to make sure I get it fixed. But yeah, there was me inside like, <laughs> thanks lady, you, know, you just ripped me to shred and your doorman's had it all along. Yeah. You know, so as we're wrapping up, what do you want to tell somebody who is looking to launch that brand? What's that most important first step you're going to take in doing this? Yeah, I think it goes back to, again, like, See if you can really hone in on who your customer is and the problem that you're solving for them. And then once you're able to do that, start having conversations. I think that we're all so afraid to, or at least my generation is afraid to get on the phone and just like have a conversation or like meet someone in person. Like we all just want to hide behind our computers or hide behind our Instagram DMs or our Facebook messages. And really the best market research you're ever going to get is by talking to someone one-on-one one -on -one about what their problem they are having is as it relates back to what you're wanting to create so that you can create a solution for them. And I think that is, again, just like the best business that you can possibly build is based on solving problems. Why should someone come to Factory 45 to learn? If you're interested in launching your brand in a way that is going to save you time, money, energy, you don't have, let's say, tens of thousands of dollars in the bank right now to invest in a production run, and you do want to learn about pre-selling and raising money, then Factory 45 is the number one online business school for fashion brands. Um, talk about customer service. We are we are the best of the best and we make sure that we are and we will do everything that we can uh, in our power to make sure that you launch successfully. I love hearing that. You know, it's what Word of Mom is all about because as women empower and encourage and educate other women, you can be a solopreneur, you can get out there and sing your song, but when a bunch of women are joining you, the, yes. the voice is so amazing, the choir is so rich. And there's enough for everybody. There's mm -hmm. enough for everybody. However many sustainable companies want to get out there, there is enough. Because no matter how big you get, you'd never be able to serve everyone. I love you know, to find your niche and, and hone in on that and help other people find theirs. And you may have the same niche. And again, you'd never be able to serve all the people in those niche because there's not 50 people in that niche. There's going to be hundreds of thousands of people in there. 
Yeah, so. that's absolutely my philosophy is the abundance mindset. And also we just need more sustainable fashion brands because they're the ones educating the consumer. We need that collective voice, that collective message of everyone lifting each other up and helping to improve the fashion industry as a whole. It's true. And you know what? As more and more sustainable and ethically made products are out there, it is going to bring pricing down. Yep. Because it's the natural sink bath. You know, I think when my kids were growing up and being organic and what it is being organic now, you can go to any supermarket. Not that I do. I have my specific stores that I buy from. But it's no longer when you're at the grocery store that an organic head of lettuce is $3 or $4 more. It's 20 or 30 cents. Yeah. Worth the 30 cents. Yeah. So the more we as consumers search out and buy these products, the more we're going to bring the pricing down. Yeah, such a good point. I love that. I am so glad that you came. Let everyone know how they can reach out to you. And for those fashionistas out there that are looking to create something, let them know how to be part of Factory 25. Um, So we're in the middle of a launch to, um, if you're interested in joining Factory 45, so you can apply to be a part of the program. Um, You can also find me on Instagram at Factory45CO, and we have a YouTube channel, Factory 45. We also have a podcast, Start Your Sustainable Fashion Brand. So you can find me pretty much anywhere on the internet. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I did not know you were a fellow podcaster. Love sharing other podcasters. I really, truly do. I think that's awesome. All of Shannon's links are going to be live on our show page and at wordofmomradio.com. So thank you again for being here and for what you are doing for those sustainable companies that are out there looking to ethically make their fashion brands. I really appreciate people like you that are out there encouraging and educating and empowering other women. Well, thank you for that. And thank you for having me, Dory. My pleasure. And for all of you tuning in, we're going to close out with our fabulous theme song from Smith Sisters and the Sunday Drivers. So till next time, this is Dory DiCarlo saying go out and create a marvelous you. Bye for now. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true. She is true. She is brave. Sure. She is sure.